Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, we're taking care of business every day right here. You know, I never get tired of hearing that opening, that old song. And as many of you know, I uh, jumped through a lot of hoops to be able to continue to use that on the podcast. A lot of that's being done where music clips are being used on podcast and YouTube videos and all kinds of things. Um, Yeah, there's all kinds of interesting licensing laws involved with that. I did get a licensing agreement from Sony, the publisher of that song, the old Bachman Turner Overdrive song, Taking Care of Business, to be able to continue to use that here on the 48 Days podcast because it's kind of become identified as such. I hear people talk about they're walking through the mall and they hear that song come on and they anticipate that I'm going to start speaking. But anyway, just one of the interesting things in this new kind of market that we are working in where technology is changing everything, it's uh, given us new opportunities. Now, obviously, some people are intimidated by the changes, want to keep things the same. That's not going to happen. So our only option is to determine not if change is going to occur, but rather, how are we going to respond to the inevitable change that's coming? And it's going to keep coming. You know, I, I keep young team members around me to keep me abreast of all that's happening out there. Sometimes I feel like I'm running after a moving train and in many ways I am, but I welcome the changes. I've never been one to say, by golly, this is the way we used to do it. And we just need to keep doing it that way. Now I know not everyone's wired the same way, but uh, I think that it's healthy for all of us, no matter how our personalities kind of set us up to recognize change is going to occur and simply start looking at what are we going to do to take advantage of the changes rather than feeling victimized by those. Well, this is the time each week we take 48 minutes to look at some of the questions that have come in. Thanks for that continuing stream volcano of questions. You can submit those at the podcast link at 48days.com. Or just shoot an email to askdan at 48days.com. Either way works. Thanks for continuing to bring those in. I It would be artificial for me in some ways to just try to think up things. Now, obviously, I could comment on news items, things we see changing in the workplace and all of that. But I love responding to real questions. People like you and me out there who are struggling with issues and trying to figure out how to do things better. So your questions prompt me to think back through some of the experiences that I've had or do a little research, whatever the case may be, so that we can together learn how to be more successful, whatever that means in our lives. Got a lot of interesting questions today as usual. Here's some of the ones we'll be dealing with. Dan, as an introvert, how can I make money with my art and music? All right. I mean, I love questions like that. It seems to be counterintuitive where if you're an introvert, you know, you're not going to be Kenny Chesney on the stage, you know, flaunting your stuff or Carrie Underwood. You know, how do you make money if you're not a real outgoing kind of person? So we'll deal with that. Dan, have you had mentors along your journey? And if so, how did you come across them? Great question. Dan, what advice could you give me to earn a healthy income with my writing? Well, that's right up my alley. Writing has been very good to me, and I'll love to share some things there. 
Somebody says, Dan, I think our education system is good at producing factory workers, horrible at producing innovators. Ouch. Um, another question, what should I do if I'm addicted to leisure? Well, that's an interesting framing. What should you do if you're addicted to leisure? Well, there may be a lot of things we think we're addicted to that aren't very productive. How do you get past that when I talk about doing what you love doing? <laughs> So if you love laying in the hammock, um, why can't you just do that? Well, let's we'll, we'll talk about that. If you can figure out a way to have that take care of your needs, I'm all for laying in a hammock. We've got some events coming up. As you know, our next writing event is uh, packed out. We're packed to the gills, kind of overpacked, I'm afraid. But anyway, we'll have a great time with that. Still got two more writing events yet this year, August and September. Uh, actually, August and October, I think they are. And uh, you can go on and check out the live events. But if you want to get into any of those, uh, you better do it now because it looks like those are filling up quickly as well. And then the Coaching with Excellence, uh, the next one will be in May. And again, if you want to coach, speak, teach, train, get any of those things, that's the one you can come to. We'll show you how to leverage that. And again, break out of the mold, the averages. We know that... Uh, 98% of people who are coaches, we're told, never make more than $40,000 a year. Wow, that's ridiculous. If you want to be a coach, now if you want to make $40,000 a year, I mean, that's, that's fine. There are a lot of counselors who make that. But if you really want to be a life coach and you think that that's going to cramp your style in terms of what you can make, eh, let's talk about that. It doesn't need to, but you need to be able to see how to get yourself in that top 2%. And we're certainly going to share some ways to do that. Here's a quote for today. John Steinbeck says, It is the nature of man to rise to greatness if greatness is expected of him. That's one of my son Jared's favorite quotations. It's the nature of man to rise to greatness if greatness is expected of him. Now, Jared lives in Africa. They're here right now. They're Well, actually, they're leaving um, in two days from when I'm speaking at this point and going back to Africa. They're going to do a short stint, a consulting gig in Kigali, Rwanda, and then back to Mombasa, Kenya, where they live. So, um, But he, he's used to working with people who many times have not had a greatness expected of them. I mean, what are we likely to get if we expect someone to remain insignificant, stupid, or poor? I mean, we're likely not to get much, but what if we took some, some of those people who are the least of these, who have been down and out? What if we expected greatness from them? Are we going to get that? Again, the John Steinbeck quote is, it is the nature of man to rise to greatness if greatness is expected of him. Try that theory out. Find someone this week who has not been great up until this point. Try to figure out what some of the expectations of that person has, has been. What have they been told? by parents, peers, government, whoever it happens to be. What are the messages that they've been told? See if you could change the course of that person's life by expecting greatness of them. Well, Marshall says, Dan, I'm an artist and musician. He works independently in my projects for the love of the project. I'm more of an introvert, so I don't tend to perform much, but I'm very active socially on the internet. I'm having a difficult time, however, getting any traction with album or and art sales. Any advice? Sure. 
You know, we've got a lot of questions today about how to make money with creative skills. So we'll jump right in. And in the course of the next 48 minutes, you'll hear a variety of things that have to do with how to make money with creative skills. But I mean, there's some interesting things going on. Abby Ryan is an artist and she does a painting a day. She's established her reputation for that one very thing. Now, to me, that is a phenomenal kind of positioning because there are a whole lot of artists out there. And of course, we know what we hear about artists, the starving artist. You can't make any money doing that. You got to do something practical and realistic. I mean, learn computer skills or learn to be an accountant. You can make money doing that, but you certainly can as an artist. Well, that's crazy. That's nuts. You can make a lot of money as an artist if that's your passion if that's how God has gifted you, rock and roll, do it with excellence. Abby does a painting a day, has them on eBay. I just checked today's painting. There's a reserve on it of $900. I mean, that lets you know uh, she's used to being paid well for her paintings that she puts up there one a day. Abby Ryan, you can check it out, A-B-B-E-Y-R-Y-A-N. Uh, check it out. So that, I mean, you got to do creative things like that and you can do that. Now, Abby, I've never heard her speak. I've never seen her picture. She may be more introverted than a church mouse, but she is doing well, obviously, because she's doing something creative with her art. What about music? You know, I just, uh, saw a little clip yesterday. There's a, there's a young couple actually there here in Nashville. Now his name is Drew Holcomb forget what his wife's name is but they sing together they've got a little group i think it's uh, called the neighbors and uh, oh his wife's name is ellie ellie yeah drew and ellie holcomb but anyway i don't know them but i just have watched what's happened but uh, they're one of these little garage bands that you know have a couple friends singing and all of a sudden you know we're seeing them you know how they funded their current album they used kickstarter now, if you're a regular podcast listener, you've heard me talk about Kickstarter. You can put up your little project there, and there's a lot of artists that do that, and ask people to help fund your production cost, which is what they did. So they wanted to produce an album. They said that they wanted $15,000. Well, they had 370 people. Now, that's not a lot of people. They had 370 people who are familiar with them and their music who put in a little bit of money, and they raised... They, now, again, their goal was $15,000. They raised $23,016 when they cut it off. So just boom, in a really short period of time, I mean, I think they put it up for like 30 days and they raised $23,000 rather than the 15000 that they needed for the production of their album. Boom, they did their album. Well, there are multiple things that happened in that. Yes, they got the money to go in and do a professional production of their album, but they also got a whole lot of buzz because they did something innovative to get the money in the first place. That's a lot different than having Uncle Harry, you know, back you because he believes in what you're doing. But uh, they made the whole idea that they needed money kind of a phenomenon had their fans help them do the production and now those fans will buy the album i mean how cool is that but i mean those are the kind of things that are going on with artists and musicians out there it's just creative you need to incidentally if you want to i wrote a blog just recently about crowdfunding which is that phenomenon and if you're an artist or a musician and you want to see what some of the people are doing if you, you know what the easiest thing would be to just go to my blog, go to my blog site and up in the right hand corner, there's a search function, put in there Kickstarter, 
Kickstarter, just all one word, Kickstarter. Put that in, it'll bring that right up. I wrote a blog, I think it was like Need Startup Money, something like that. But you'll find that and you'll find all the links. I put together the links there for these sites that you can go to to see what some of these people are doing. Great question. Tracy from uh, South Carolina says, Dan, I own a business that manufactures and retails rock and mineral kits. I'm also working on a book or workbook for teachers and homeschool families that will help them teach earth science using a hands-on method. Should I offer this book as a file on a CD or should I self-publish bound copies? Tracy, yes, yes, and yes. When you have content, training material like that, one of the words you want to really get firmly planted in your mind is repurpose. Anybody who has intellectual property understands the con the concept of repurposing. So if you see what Tony Robbins has done with his material, I mean, you can come to a live event that's one day long. You can go to one that's three days or one that's five days or one where they walk on coals or one where they jump off a waterfall. You can get his newsletter. You can, uh, you know, get uh, his monthly updates. You can get, you know, books, manifestos, eBooks that he's done, audio programs. Now, does he create individually unique content for each of those? Absolutely not. You will find the same concepts in every presentation format that he does. I mean, his basic thing is NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And one of his basic concepts that he's used for years and years and years is modeling. I mean, if you want to know Tony Robbins stuff, modeling is the core concept. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do, who's performing at a level which you want to perform, model what they're doing. Boom. That's the essence of his teaching. But he repurposes it. So you want to do the same thing. Yes, do a file on it. CD, do an electronic file, do self-published bound copies, uh, do a daily blog, do a free newsletter. I mean, look for multiple ways that you can get your message out there. I think I've got another question here that I'm going to deal with that a little bit as well. Dan, this comes from John. Now, uh, I'll read it as he wrote it. Strongly admire all your coaching and inspirational lecture, though in Nigeria, I would like to attend one of your lectures one day. Making money could be interesting if one's bias is straightforward and good intention. Like I stated, I have been receiving emails from several persons I don't even know nor communicated before on work at home online job. How that I can make several dollars in day working at home. I actually have been skeptical in all of these. Even if I have to make an online work at home money, I would need somebody like you to advise, recommend, and guide me in that regard. Apart from this, I need you to advise me on how one can reach his or her highest potentials. I have always had conviction that I am a celebrity and I need a mentor to get me going. Uh, my pastor uh, Christ Embassy is a godsend as such a time as this. He has been wonderful. We'll be happy to hear from you in the above issue. Now, let me. there's several things that are running through John's question. John, thanks for your question. The fact that you're getting a lot of offers and opportunities is great. Your challenge is to be educated enough to sort through 100 ideas and find one or two that fit you. I mean, we live in a world where information is readily available to everyone. If you get one promotion, you know, you get one of these promotions online, you jump on it, you're likely to be disappointed. But this is kind of like buying a piece of real estate. 
mean, you don't just uh, on your way home from church on Sunday, whip into someplace because they have an open house and you buy the property. You're likely to make a bad decision doing that. No, you look at a hundred. You make offers on 10 and then you'll know the market and you'll make a wise decision because you've done a lot of research. And when you get acceptance on one of your offers, boom, you'll know that you get a great deal. Finding the right opportunity for making money is no different. Look at a hundred ideas, research 10 more thoroughly, talk to people who are already doing those ideas successfully. Then you'll be able to make your own decision. And yes, you know, look for people who can coach you and educate you and guide you and mentor you. I mean, actively seek out people who can do that. Let me hit the next question here, and I'm going to expand on that a little bit more because Ivan from Georgia says, Dan, have you had mentors along your journey? And if so, how did you come across them? Also, can you share a few of them and the impact they've had on your life? Now, what is a mentor? I mean, if we just go to the dictionary and look up mentor, a mentor is a wise and trusted counselor or teacher. And absolutely, I have had mentors along the way, all the way from very, very young age. I tell people that if we use a biblical model, we all need a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. We need to actively seek those out. Now, the way that's framed, if you're not familiar with that, that a Paul would be somebody perhaps older and wiser and more experienced in a particular area whose wisdom you can learn from. Yeah, we need that. A Barnabas, that'd be somebody maybe more of a peer or a contemporary, a colleague, but somebody that uh, you say, you know, what do you want to accomplish? How can I help you? It's kind of linking arms, go along and encouraging somebody. That's what Barnabas did as a biblical model. He was an encourager. And then a Timothy, somebody younger that you have the opportunity to, to help along the way to perhaps mentor, um, uh, being the mentor yourself. And you need to actively seek those out. Now, here's some of my mentors, some of the mentors I've had along the way. Earl Nightingale, uh, Merle Wilgin, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, John Maxwell, Darren Hardy, Seth Godin, Mark Victor Hansen, James Chapman. Now you probably, there are probably some names in there you recognize and some that you don't. Now here's the interesting thing about mentors that I've had. In the list of names that I read to you, I have had personal encounters, personal interaction at some level with probably half of those. The others are people whose wisdom and guidance I have accessed in ways that they don't even realize. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we have access to the best and brightest in the world. The the reason I'm such a voracious reader is because There's so much wisdom. There are so many deposits of truth and wisdom that we have access to. I access that not by hoping that I can meet that particular person who may have been a historical figure who's no longer living. I can still have them as a mentor. I can listen. I can read. And in doing that, I have had people that I consider mentors. Now, I've also had personal you know, acquaintances, mentors along the way. I've been uh, privileged with that. Those were things that I sought out. Those were not people that just showed up on the doorstep. Those were people who I asked, you know, can I take you to lunch once a month? You know, can I spend some time with you? 
you know, would you be willing to help me in this particular thing? Would you be willing to help me look at this particular opportunity? I've always asked readily and freely to get the wisdom of other people who are more experienced than I. Now, you know, that is not a a process that I stopped at any point along the way. I continue to do that. I mean, at this point, I mean, I share readily that in running a business, there are a lot of things that I don't do very well. I find people whose skills far exceed my own in those areas. I want to tap into their wisdom and in that way be mentored by them no matter what it is. But I have people who, you know, contact me every day who say I've been their mentor. It's very humbling to know that something I said or wrote impacted a person in a significant way. I take those opportunities, you know, my opportunities very seriously. If it required personal face-to-face time, I could mentor perhaps a few people. But with writing and speaking, that audience expands exponentially, just as I have been the beneficiary of other people's writing and speaking and creating audio programs. I mean, other people take advantage of what I write and what I speak, and I'm privileged and humbled to have that opportunity. But you don't need to wait to have mentors. You can tap into what is the area where you want to have excellence? What is it that you want to learn about? Find people who have done that extremely well and absolutely start today learning from them. This comes from Mary. Dan, I I purchased your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, also the Career Profile. I highly recommend you to all my friends. I'm part of the 48days.net community. I have a wide array of talents and skills, but my strongest talent is writing. I would love to get some coaching from you, but with a new baby, a debt, and an extremely low income. Last year, my business made a little over $1,000 profit for the year. There's no way I can afford it right now. My husband keeps telling me to contact you and explain my situation. Maybe you can impart some advice for me. I enjoy painting, but like I said, writing is my strongest talent. What advice could you give me to earn a healthy income? I don't want to work for anyone else. And with a baby, I really can't right now. I'm working on publishing my third book, but the first book hasn't earned $50 in sales yet over six months. I don't know what I, what to do. I would be gracious for your help. I would even pay you back plus interest in the future. If you could give me some advice that would help me earn a real income. Thanks in advance. God bless you and your family. Well, thanks for your note, Mary. But now let me kind of back up to the question I just responded to prior to this one about finding mentors. You say that you'd like to get my coaching about how to make money from your writing. Mary, I have made that available in about 50 different ways. I mean, if you want my personal coaching to sit down with you individually, that may be difficult for both of us to work out the details for you to be able to handle it financially and for me to work into my schedule. So that, that may not work. Does that mean that you can't access all the things that I've learned about writing and how I can make money doing that? My goodness, I've made that available in a thousand different ways. I blog about it continuously. If you want to make money writing, here's how to do it. You know, if you want to know how to leverage your writing here, 48 ways to do that. 
you know, here's our product right to the bank. Now I'm in the process of revising that and we'll have that finished within a week, but uh, we're revising that. It's going to be an inexpensive product where I go through everything I know about writing, including new audio content with that. Then obviously we have the right to the bank events. That's our lowest price event. I think it's like $397. Uh, That's why those sell out so quickly. So I make it available in a lot of different ways. You can read things that I've written. Don't think that you are blocked off from accessing my brain and what I've learned about turning writing into income. Um, you know, uh, well, let me just uh, do a quick snapshot here. At the, at the right to the bank, which is coming up, I'm going to have three different guest speakers there. Ken Abraham is one who is a prolific writer but he writes other people's books. So he's written books for Chuck Norris and Joel Osteen and Bob Dole and Lisa Beamer and George Foreman. And the list goes on and on and on. Celebrities whose books he's written. Now he gets paid a truckload. He makes a whole lot of money writing well the stories of other people. So there's a way to make money writing. I'm going to have Todd Shuttleworth here. Todd is the publisher at Thomas Nelson Publishers. Uh, the biggest Christian publisher in the world. He's going to be here. He makes money by publishing other people's books. Kent Julian is going to be here. Kent is one of our lead coaches. He's a speaker. He, he does his own speaking training, which is awesome. He's going to be here because he's written several books. He's done some creative things by having other people contribute chapters where he makes money on the book before it's ever published because of those other author contributions and their commitment to purchasing quantities of the book. He structures it so he makes a good chunk of money before the book ever comes out. And then every time a book is sold, he makes more money and those people are built in salespeople. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do. I mean, keep in mind that you're, well, well, for me at least, I mean, everything that I write, whether it's articles, books, or magazine articles, whatever, written material is simply one method for delivering your message. It certainly is for me. I mean, I consider my books just business cards. I mean, that's not where I make big chunks of money. I mean, it's chicken feed. It's chump change. I mean, I love the deals that I get with my publishers, and that's fine. But those are business cards. They introduce people to the 48 Days brand and to all the other products and services we offer. I mean, personality profiles, teleseminars, live events, coaching, those are the areas we make money. The books that I write just introduce people to that content. Damon, man, I'd love to, I mean, I love the, the whole issue of writing and, and frankly, I've had some new opportunities come my way just in the last couple of weeks that are making me kind of step back and scratch my head because it seems that I'm being positioned more and more as someone who has the opportunity to help people understand how to make money with their writing. Got some really interesting things on the table right now, and I'll let you know as I move forward or choose not to in those. But but I love having that opportunity, and yes, want to encourage any of you who are interested in writing that you really can take that and knock it out of the park. I love it. Damon says, Dan, you expressed some bit of frustration at people's inability to move forward, even though they've read all your books, attended seminars, and so on. I may be wrong, but I think our education system is good at producing good factory workers, but horrible at producing innovators. Skills in thinking, learning, unlearning, relearning, adaptation are more often important than reading, writing, and math. If we can learn thinking 
and adapt using the strengths God has given us, then there shouldn't be any problem. But because people haven't been taught that way, they don't think and act that way. Boy, I, we could go on all day about that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, what, what some of the things that we're getting out of our academic systems, I mean, frustrate the fire out of me when I see somebody who has a degree in graphic design and they have no computer skills at all, but they know how to shape tin and do pottery and yet got a degree in graphic design. Now that, that is an actual situation. I talked to a young lady just recently. She has no marketable skills that I can discern at all, but she has a four-year college degree in graphic design. Now, I've wrote about that recently. I mean, some of the things you can, you can take college classes now in the art of walking and alien sex and a whole lot of other things that seem to have little application other than filling your brain with useless information, but uh, really create no marketable skills or no learning ability. Yes, I wish we did teach people to learn. But, you know, this is everywhere. I mean, Seth Godin in his new book, Poke the Box, talks about the fact that everyone's looking for a map. You know, I mean, everyone's looking for a map, a detailed do this, do this, do this, and you'll be successful. It's not that kind of a tangible, logical, analytical process. Thank goodness you are unique enough in how you're created that your path to success is going to differ from mine. It's not you can learn from me and I can learn from you and I can learn from those people I described as mentors. But my path to success is going to be uniquely different as yours should be. Seth Godin says, draw a map and you'll find people will follow you. Now, we we just did a teleseminar on who are you and why are you here? It had to do with finding your purpose and passion and then walking through the process, how you, you turn that into money. And I had somebody comment after that, that it wasn't specific enough. You know, he wanted the steps, you know, he wanted to know. And I, I thought, Oh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how to make things so specific. This is not two plus two equals four. I mean, when we're working on things that are elusive, spiritual and philosophical and psychological concepts, it just doesn't shape up like that. You can't make it that tangible. If you want to have your purpose be that tangible, you'll end up standing at an assembly line, putting nuts on bolts all day because that's very specific. But to me, that doesn't really give the sense of having something that's uniquely defined as your purpose and passion. But I I told Ashley, my daughter, after we did this reason tell a seminar and I had somebody say, you know, it wasn't specific enough. I said, you know, once again, you know, this person seems to be looking for a tangible checklist for a spiritual process. I said, maybe we ought to tell them, you know, stand up, look heavenward at 47 degrees, close each eye slowly, take three deep breaths, whisper, speak Lord four times softly, bow to the east, touch your forehead with the index finger and your dominant hand, squat down on the opposing knee, open your eyes and write down the first two things you see. There you have your passion. Now, obviously, that's an artificial process. And I went through a little rant in just even, you know, jotting that note back to her. But you, you have to be able to think. You have to be able to take multiple ideas. You ought to be able to take opposing ideas and juxtapose those and not be uncomfortable with it. Take two things that you know both can't be true. But, you know, th- this goes beyond just our work. 
but it goes to you know, having fulfilling. I mean, how do you raise kids? Now, there's a question. I mean, how many books have been written on that? Do you want a process? I mean, I have nine grandkids. Do I want each of them to be raised exactly the same because we've discovered the right way to do it? Good Lord, no. They're all individually different. And there are some things that will work well with one child that will not work with another. Don't expect or require a process that works like math, accounting, algebra, and calculus to run the course of your life. Be comfortable with things that are more fluid that you're discovering as you go on this exciting journey we call life. Derek says, sorry to bother you, sir. I am a former U.S. Marine looking for my next calling. I would like to build an iPhone and Android app for you for free. No catches, I promise. Please contact me. I, it could have your blog, links to buy your products, PDF files, podcasts, and a lot more. Thank you for your time, sir. Well, thank you, Derek, for your kind note. I will certainly pass that on to our team and have them respond to you and get in touch with you. Now, this is something that I have been honored over the years in so many ways. People's willingness to contribute to my success. Now, you know, that's a phenomenon that I hope you are experiencing as well. As you're successful, yeah, there'll be detractors. But the interesting thing is there'll be people who come out of nowhere who don't know you, who want to help you because you're already on the path to success. And they know that walking alongside you will contribute to their own opportunity to see things in new ways. I mean, what a marvelous experience for all of us. So I have lots of artwork. I had uh, Matt Rindley is a 48days.net uh, member. He just did a word trait. Now, Matt is an engineer, but he did a word trait. Now, you can understand what that is if you think about it as opposed to a portrait. This is a word trait. So he did, I gave him a picture of one of my granddaughters. He did a word trait where he duplicated this gorgeous picture using written words. So it has my granddaughter's name, and then it has all these descriptors that describe her so well, like opinionated and bold and daring, <laughs> things that I prompted his thinking about, but they're written in tiny, tiny letters, so you get up close to it and look at it. It's a marvelous piece. Uh, Matt Rindley, you can check him out, check out his work. I recommend it. Uh, just a marvelous piece, but he wanted to do that for me. I have eagles galore in my office. People know I love the symbolism of eagles, so I've had lots of them given to me over the years. Other art paintings, frame photographs. I've got the original little 33 and a third RPM recording of The Strangest Secret because I talk about that. I mean, I love some of the things that I've been given. Uh, success does that. You'll have other people who want to you know, come along and walk beside you. Welcome that. I mean, if you give freely, you'll find that others also give to you freely. It's one of the things about the way that we've always done things. We've, we've given away so much in so many ways, uh, content, materials, all kinds of things. And we find that a whole lot of people want to give us things as well. It's a very mutually beneficial process. The, you know, there's a, there's a new image for the 48 Days podcast on any of our sites. So you look at 48days.com, 48days.net, you'll see over on the side the 48 Days online radio show, number one career podcast in iTunes. That was created by a 
listener in Singapore. Peter from Singapore did that. It's amazing. It's stellar. What we had up there was really, I I don't remember where we got it, but somebody put it together probably in 30 seconds and it was horribly ugly. That's been the image that's been on iTunes. We had somebody who said, you know what? That really looks like crap. And he was right. And he said, how about if I just do one for you? He did. It's gorgeous. Thank you, Peter, for your contribution. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that you can, um, be on both sides of. And again, Derek, thanks for your offer to do an an iPhone app. We've got some things working in that mix and love to have you be included in that process. Josh from Marion, Arkansas says, we recently bought a pedicure chair, a manicure table and other things. So my wife can do nails in her mom's hair salon. She has been ready since January and she still has no customers. Can you give us some ideas on how we can market this in a small town? Yes. Now you're ready to provide the service and I commend you on doing that and moving forward with that. But you know, we know the old adage, if you build a better mousetrap, the world will be to path your door. That's rubbish. That doesn't work today. It might've worked at one time in history, but it doesn't work today. You have to be clear on your marketing plan. Just like you can write the best next novel, you can write better than John Grisham. Doesn't mean anything unless you have a a method of marketing in mind. And it's certainly going to be true with what you've got here. Let me, let me just recommend that you do this. We'll just make it real quick here. Instead of me going through a whole bunch of things, go to 48 days worksheets Now, you can link in 48 days, just go to the resources and you'll see 48 days worksheets. Under that, you're going to see 48 marketing tips. Now, I think that I did that specifically for coaches, but they're providing a service just like you're wanting to provide with your wife doing manicures and pedicures. Go through that list. There's 48 things in there that you can do. I think most of them don't cost any kind of money at all. They're just things that you need to do. So, and you don't need to do 48 of them, but you need to find four or five that fit you, fit what you want to do, and then do those consistently. I mean, I do lots of things, even today, yesterday in, as a part of my writing, I'm updating the material for right to the bank. And I was just went on online and was looking at some of the places where my articles appear. And I was blown away just realizing places like, you know, CBN.com. I've got like 350 articles archived on their site. You put in anything related to career work or what you're going to get me. You're going to get my articles. Um, Crosswalk is another one. Lifeway. And there's, there's lots of places out there that have taken articles of mine where I wasn't paid anything for those incidentally. I'm delighted to have them out there. Lots and lots of them telling everything that I can possibly know. What does that do? It expands my marketing net where people are drawn back to our sites. They get involved in other things that we do. And so all of a sudden they are showing up to our sold out live events. They're asking for the online personality profiles and all the other things that we do. So just go to 48 Marketing Tips, got a long list there, choose four or five things, do those consistently. You ought to be able to fill your wife's schedule quickly. You're talking about something there that's time and effort intensive. So it means there's only so many hours in the day, so many days in the week. So you ought to be able to fill her schedule readily, even in a small town. Trace says, Dan, I enjoy my work, but I don't love it. I'm in the process of identifying what I love about my current job. Well, you know, let me, let me move forward here because what he really is talking about is he's in a position 
to hire somebody right now. In our section of the agency, we have low turnover. I'm the I'm hiring a person for the first time since I began listening to your podcast and reading your materials. I decided to place my name on the ad with my office phone number so applicants could call with questions. Now, this is really interesting. He says, I posted the advertisement on March 11th, and as of today, March 22nd, of the 74 applicants, zero have tried to call me to ask about the position. I'm a little bit shocked that no one has called to try, has called, has tried to call me about the position. Thanks for your material on the podcast, Trey. Well, Trey, you know, isn't that amazing? I mean, I talk so much in 48 Days to the Work You Love about you've got to do things that are outside of the box. Do things. If there's no phone number listed, I mean, the the things you go through to get a job in today's market, send out an introduction letter, then a cover letter and resume, then follow up with a phone call. Do that consistently. You're going to get offers mean really quickly still happens we hear from people all the time who are getting three and four offers because of what they did now here's somebody who posts a position and puts his phone number in there and what do people do gee they send a resume la-di-da send a resume if you don't follow up with a phone call don't waste your time sending a resume flush it down the toilet because that's where it's going to go anyway And here, he makes it so easy, and out of 74 applicants, that is absolutely mind-boggling. No one has tried to call and follow up. Well, then people say, oh, nobody's hiring. The economy's bad. Yeah. Okay. Jason says, what should I do if I'm addicted to leisure? I'm 19 years old and live at home with my family. I'm at day 15 on 48 Days to the Work You Love. I'm becoming a guitarist. I can't get myself to practice, contact friends, classes, or even have a regular sleeping schedule. I do nothing basically every day except survive. Thanks for being around, Dan. Uh, Jason, can you please give me your mom and dad's phone number? I'd like to talk to them. I think I can nip this in the bud and take care of your problem about being addicted to leisure. You got it too stinking easy. 19 years old, living at home with family and sitting around doing nothing, practicing the car. Yeah, you got it too easy. You need a little more motivation. I mean, even if you know your passion, I mean, when when we go through the questions, well, there's a couple ways to approach this. Well, let me just go through some of the questions that I asked somebody. You know, what is your purpose? What is your passion? Okay. Number two, do you have the skills to turn this into meaningful work? You know, are you really that good? Okay. Why are you so eager to do this? What's your motive? How can you create income doing this? And then the last one, if you have a plan, when can you get started? When can you start doing that pronto? I mean, those are the things to move through. I mean, having passion and ability are not enough. You've got to create some kind of economic model. Otherwise, you just have a nice hobby. Now, again, if you just sit around the house and you're able to just uh, be immersed in your hobby because you don't have to worry about a mortgage payment, you don't have to worry about groceries, you don't have to worry about car payment or insurance, then it may be hard to figure out what your motive is. Now, hopefully, it'll go beyond just those. It'll go beyond just needing to create income. I mean, I hope that as you move through life as you get a little farther down the road in life that you'll realize that meaningful work accomplishes more than just creating income 
Yeah, that can be a part, but it ought to go way beyond that. All of us want that. I mean, my work at this point, I mean, money is secondary. Yeah, I look at it once a month or so to see what's happened, but I do the work because I love doing it, and I know all those other results are going to fall in line. Now, in, in No More Dreaded Mondays, I talk about the five predictors of success, and those are these. Number one is passion. Number two, determination. Three, talent. Four, self-discipline. Five is faith. But now as you, you need to have all of those. So you can have passion, determination, and talent. But without self-discipline, those are pretty meaningless. And frankly, even if you're a gifted guitarist, you're not going to be great without self-discipline to practice, perform, even when you don't feel like it. I mean, gifted writers don't just write when inspiration comes. Gifted writers sit down and start writing and inspiration shows up. But uh, it's interesting that you are have the, the guts to describe your position as you do. You're addicted to leisure. I mean, you know that's not a productive place to be. So obviously you're smart enough. And if you're listening to my materials, you know there has to be a plan of action put together. Golly, don't embarrass yourself and your parents by letting this continue. Create a plan of action so that 30 days from now, you know what you're moving toward and you know that you're responsible in doing so. Let me go. I got time for one more. Pavel says, Dan, you made me $5,000 this year. I recently went through a job restructuring from an hourly to a salary position. I was offered a salary, but thanks to your podcast, I knew their offer was negotiable. And I ended up settling for $5,000 a year more than they offered me in the first place. Thanks so much. Ah, I love it. Love it. Dan, you made me $5,000 this year. You know, I mean, that's where the work that I do is so fulfilling. Now, I don't know if Pavel purchased a book. Let's just say that Pavel heard about 48 days somewhere and he jumped on Amazon and he spent, I think it's $10.56 or something for the book. He got that book. My royalty on that book, incidentally, at that price is going to be about 80 cents. So I get 80 cents. He gets $5,000. Am I annoyed that I didn't get more? You know, it made him $5,000 and I got 80 cents. I am thrilled. I'm a happy camper. I love stories like this. That's the way it should work. I want people to see whatever they spend with me, not as a consumptive expenditure. It's not like buying yourself an ice cream cone, boom, and then it's gone. I want it to be seen as something that has a potential to change your life, to take you to areas Levels of success that you've never experienced before. I mean, what a cool thing. Now, we get lots of notes like this, but I never get tired of hearing them. Never get tired of hearing the stories where he recognized, as Pavel said, he went through, he recognized their offer was not just set in stone. And he realized, yeah, they made an offer. That means they want him. That's the beginning of negotiation. When you want them, they want you, then you can discuss it as mature people and say, wow, based on the responsibilities, as I understand them, I would see that more in the 65 to $70,000 range. I know you offered me 55, but is that still within your budget? I mean, companies don't offer their maximum on the first 
run out. I mean, that's like going to the car dealer and he says, oh, we got to have $10,000 for this car. Well, you start to walk. He says, oh, hey, how about 95? He say, nah, man, my budget is $9,000. Oh, there's no way, no way, no way. You start to go to his car and he say, well, let me talk to my manager. Let's see what we can do. And the same thing is true in job salaries. They offer you something. You recognize that it is a good fit for you. You would enjoy working there. You've already researched the company. You know that you'd like to work with those people. You believe in their mission. Boom. You're way down the road here to making this thing work. You come back and say, based on my understanding of the responsibilities, I would see it in this category. Is that still within your budget? And you'd be surprised what you can find that you may have left on the table had you not understood and welcomed the process of negotiating. Well, It's an exciting path that we're all on. You know, these are the kind of things that make life interesting for all of us. Full of new opportunities, new challenges, but certainly great opportunities if you have the eyes to see what other people don't see. Hopefully, I can help you in that process. I enjoy this time each week walking with you in this process. Jump on to 48days.net if you haven't already. Join the growing group there of people who really are figuring this out. I know that you're involved in this process of finding or creating work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable. Make it a great week.